second come on in
so we outside right now. You can tell we outside. We not in our normal studio. What's that? Studio C. That's what I'm gonna start calling it. Shooting live in Studio C. And now I'm shooting live in Studio O outside. Um. Everybody that's returning, thank you all for coming back. Thank you all for continuing support as always. Um, first time to the show. It's not going to go like it was going to go. Um, pay attention to the topics I drive. You never know where I'm going to go within that topic. Just Because I don't even know where I'm going to go. Um, but yeah, I'm outside. I'm able to do outside stuff. Um, you know, since our last show, um, you know the Instagram uh, feedback, the TikTok feedback, the Facebook feedback, the YouTube feedback. You know, they tend to be some uh, pretty weird things. That, And I think people miss missing overall pulling up the purpose of politics on this. I think people are still missing the point. Um, this is an all-inclusive conversation. This isn't um, a conversation just for demographic people or ethnic background people or whatever. But what I need for some of y'all to do, what I truly need for some of y'all to do is, when I'm speaking on certain topics, don't take that as your opportunity to think you go back and forth. Take that as an opportunity to be educated. You know what I'm saying? Because there's things obviously you're not aware of. And who's better to tell you about certain matters, matters than a person who's lived it, endured it, um, studied it, has knowledge of, more than just surface level knowledge. So, case in point, if I bring up a conversation, if I bring up a, um, if I put up a clip, where I'm talking about something that is counterproductive or something that is, is further in the oppression of, of, of being black in some way, shape, or form, whether it's education, whether it's basic human rights, whether it's freedoms, right? That's not your opportunity to go back and forth with me. That's your opportunity to get educated and, and remove your blind spot, right? Because I can't tell a white person, a Caucasian male or female, how it is to live as a Caucasian male. And so not female, but I, I, I can't do that. I don't, I'm not a subject matter expert, right? All I, all I know is by what I see, right? It's nothing I really ever had to study outside of the normal curriculum, right? So that basic baseline in the same respects and etiquette should be across the board when it comes to that. And don't, and don't uh, when I check your according based on that, don't take the opportunity to say, oh, that was racist. It's not racist. That's me checking your according. I didn't say, I don't care about white thing. I said, you can't tell me how to live as a black man more than me. You're not going to know black history better than me. And if you know black history better than me, there, there's a problem. But <laughs> within myself, not within that person. You know what I mean? So respect goes the wrong thing. And humility, calm, Moving ego and things of that nature. Now, you tell me, like, I'm the scholar. I've been to this many African nations and countries and yada, 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 and I'm studying A, B, C, and D to the T. I, I don't want a thesis on it or something like that, but I'm going to give you a level of breaks. But if you come to me 
to those deadlines without actually reading the text or something. You lost. Like you would lose anything. Right? That just didn't mean that just wasn't, you know what I mean? My ethos or ideologies, that's just basic human nature. Um but a matter I wanna I wanna, you know, I always talk about a couple of things before I get into the body and everything talking about. So um I want I don't want to butcher your name. I'm about to butcher it. Something like that, Owens. Um, young lady from Ocala, Florida. She had um, obviously it was just unruly neighbor. Like reading a little bit about the history of this neighbor, she was always uh, an older white lady. IG Owens. I'm sorry, I'm gonna butcher her name. We call her AJ. Her family friends call her AJ, so we call her AJ. Um, who was who's a it was a young black lady, a young black woman. Um, she wound up being killed by the older white lady. Um, and the circumstances that led up to that is this. So I guess there's been a problem with older white um, lady for a long time. Like even with kids playing outside was a problem. Just various problems. Like there's been a, a, a long list of police reports with a myriad of different problems. Right. Um, so it's particularly this one of AJ's kids left the iPad. Um, and when a kid went, the older lady took the iPad. This is allegedly, all this is allegedly. Um, and when AJ, then when, when, the, when the child went to retrieve the iPad, which led AJ to, go, um, to knock on the lady door to talk to the lady or whatever about getting the iPad back and I'm pretty sure I'm like, do this skate at my side, right? Um, so what wound up happening is that the lady wound up shooting AJ through the door. Like she, never opened the, she never opened the door, she shot her through the door. Shot her, killed her, she got her from the kids. In the grass, in the middle of like a common grassy area. She wound up dying in that space. Um, the public is quite naturally, those in that community are, are wondering, especially her friends and family, are wondering why this lady woman was arrested. But a woman claimed standing the ground law. Anybody understand about standing the ground law? That's a very loose legal doctrine that gives someone a level of protection if they shoot and kill someone. If they pull out a firearm or they do something, violate harm to another person in defense of that other person from, from their own being being home. To my understanding, it's supposed to have like some 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 force type applications and dangers in there, and if it doesn't, then whatever. Right? Like there's there's some parameters that you're supposed to meet, the specifications you're supposed to meet in order to claim standing right. Well, in this particular case, I guess the lady said she felt threatened that AJ was going to knock her door down, like. Bust through her door and, and attack her, and that's what kind of body And because of that, the police have to do a level of investigation. In sense. I tell people that the police don't have the luxury to be emotional, they just don't. Like, because 
the arrest they bring forward, they want to convict the person. They just don't want to say, oh, we want to satisfy the public with the rest of them. So they're happy. That's not the way it works. You know, kind of sort of we wish that's the way it works, but they have to make it really right. They have to go through their due process. They got to go through their legal steps, right? And sometimes it's not at the stage that the public will It just is what it is. Um, because, like I said, she claims they're on the ground, so now they have to file, and they have to, they got to find legitimate evidence for both sides, whether it was standing your ground that she had a case. Or no, you don't have a case for standing your ground. We're going to charge you with whatever form of first, second, third degree murder we're going to charge you But they got to go through the process. It's just that's what it is. And I, I, I can understand that. This lady has been problem. There's been a lot of police activity, a lot of police calls, a lot of police calls, a lot of paperwork dealing with just protecting your name. But when it's something that escalates to something like murder, you still have to do the job properly, systematically. Um, like I said, they don't have the luxury to react off emotion. I mean, they can look at it clearly and probably say, okay, there's a level of wrongness in here. But they still got to go through all kinds of steps, right? Because not only the police, but you got to live. There's a whole other side of this, which is the district attorney's office, right? They got to look at the case, review the case, and see if there's something that they feel as though that they can get a conviction based on the evidence that's presented to them. So, um, I think they're looking for some rain cameras footage. Um, I'm pretty sure they took a bunch of statements. Um, but I think they're probably trying to find some kind of uh, evidence that is impartial to the defendant and to the um, offender, uh, defender and the deceased and the victim in this case. Um, but it's a process, you know, and, and this has, and unfortunately, um, this is something that's going to be hijacked instead of it just being right or wrong, because you have that racial element in there. You got an older white lady and a young black lady, you know what I'm saying? So, unfortunately, that level of racial division is, just, is going to be brought played in heaven with this. Um, and I think that's the real unfortunate part. The only thing that should be waiting is the right or wrong. That's the only thing the public should really be looking at is what is the parameters of this? What's the scope of this? What's the what's the what's the barrel? What's the factors? And it's going to be other things that's going to be introduced into this conversation because of the racial element. Like I said, that's unfortunate. I think I think that's really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that they get this figured out. I hope that, you know, they have um, a speedy resolution. And I don't mean 110% complete resolution, because, you know, if there's a charge and there's an arrest, they got to play out in the legal system. But I pray that this first part, um, there's some level of um, swiftness with, with coming to a sound conclusion on what the next step should look like. Um, but, I mean, I pray for a young lady, I pray for a family, I pray for a kid. She has spent four small kids who pretty much witnessed her being murdered for autistic purposes. Right? They, they, they really witnessed her being murdered. Um, 
Marjorie Telegram. She can't stay out of the dawn news, man. This, this, I, 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 I don't know who or why she's in a position to have any kind of political opinion. Right. Um, I'm going to play this board in here. I'm going to see what I can hear this board in Introduce an amendment to H.R. 467, the Home Sentinel Act. My amendment will uh, read, now withstanding any other provision of law, any person who knowingly or intentionally imports fentanyl or any fentanyl-related substance across the southern border shall be punished by death. The fact that there would be this bizarre distinction between the southern border and other ports where 90% of the fentanyl is coming in doesn't make any sense. Um, on the off chance, this is supposed to be a serious amendment and not just clickbait for social media or campaign donations. Um, I would often appoint in for campaign donations. My campaign donation. First of all, the amendment's unconstitutional. The Supreme Court has been clear that the death penalty is a violation of the Eighth Amendment in certain circumstances where death was not the immediate result of the violation in question. Um, this law contains no such limitations as to seriousness, and what the court said there, and I think it's instructive, is that when the law punishes by death, it risks its own sudden descent into brutality, transgressing the constitutional commitment to decency and restore. Tonight, to introduce an amendment to HR. So, hopefully all y'all can hear that, but pretty much she wanted to introduce a bill that would... It would allow the death penalty to be permissible with fentanyl in a victim's track in the southern borders, right? So who's typically trafficking through southern borders? Like, I mean, that part is clear. We understand, we understand who the traffickers of, of narcotics are typically through southern borders. Um, the southern borders, in this case, she's probably talking about Mexico. Um, where, truth be told, there's plenty of evidence that shows narcotics coming through the Canadian side of the borders in the southern border. Um, the southern border is the, the highlight of the night. Um, but shout out to the other uh, legislator who pretty much shot that down and I don't know how or why she has that. I mean, I, I don't say I don't know. There's certain factions, there's certain people that enjoy her. her they push her voice, they push for her, they finance her voice. Right. Um, and that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. I have never read a, a single piece of legislation that was positive that that, that, that provided. I just never have read that. I've, I've never seen anything that's even part of that. that, 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 that I've never seen everything I've seen with her has been 
but I guess she's needed for that purpose. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really think that that's. Um, I don't really think she brings anything inside to the table. People like to talk about the aggressiveness and the things for them. They know these good fans and titles and anything like that. It just looks like it's at this point. But yeah, that's what she said. Hopefully, I got to hear what she said. Um, now, I want to I I get into this um, topic. Three degrees of separation between the NBA and Hill. And why that is. I was supposed to talk about this last week. Like I said, we had a family um, stuff happening for like in the house. Um, and I want to put this to bed. I really want to get this conversation out of my, um, what my thoughts are well before the NBA is about to end their decision. They about to levy a decision against John Morant. And, you know, all this, all this was tied in to that. The reason why I feel like this is so important. And, um, the reason why you have a lot of NBA players that seemingly influenced by the hip hop culture. Which, I mean, if you know the true history of basketball, then, you know, this conversation is easy. Um, around the time hip hop started, like, you know, I like to go on to the point, I go on and back. So the time when with hip hop really started, hip hop really was the point, right? The birth was 1973, like Around this time, from 1975, that's where the ABA, ABA merged. Right? So ABA was all black association. Um, that's where your Dr. J's and come from, right? When the NBA merged with the ABA for obvious reasons, right? Superior talent, um, viewership. Um, I don't think diversity, I'm not going to use the word diversity because I really don't think that was about it. I think it was about the, the NBA showing the NBA survived because the highlight really is going on in the NBA. That's what had people tuned in. Right? You had basic basketball going on in the NBA, which is not a problem with people with basic basketball. It's not an issue. But when they want to see somebody get dunked on and all these trick shots and these moves they never seen before, no, these that's moves not come from the black top, right? They tuned into the ABA, which had a strong following with buildings, right? Um, so the NBA wound up absorbing the, the ABA, and automatically there's a level of hip hop culture that was going to merge with that because of the ABA, because of the black athlete, right? So when you look back and you realize the amount of um, black athletes that that was part of that merger, but not only black athletes, but think about the athlete, the black athletes that never made it to the merger, right? Um, first name that everybody's going to be identified is Peter Kirkman. You know, um, basketball, New York City basketball legend. Rucker Park should really be named Pee Wee Kirkland Park, to be honest, because he's the one that put Rucker Park where, where he needs to be in. Um, the NBA approached him, like Chicago Bulls, if I ain't mistaken, they approached him about signing a deal. And at that time, he wasn't really getting over real money. I mean, it was still nice money for the times, like, don't get me twisted, but we got to remember around this time, it was the, it was, 
heroin game was born. Um, cocaine was born. Right? This is pre-crack. So heroin and cocaine was born. These guys are outside making a lot of money. So when they go to uh, they go to the, the meeting and they offer him $20,000, but he got $20,000 in his pocket. So you want me to play all these games for $20,000, but I can go outside and make that real quick. You know, when he drove up to the meeting in the Rolls Royce, he didn't need the NBA money. So it's like he didn't see the value, which was understood of signing the NBA contract. Right? Um, one of the nicest legends, like like, like legend, pure nice. Um, and, and, and it was other guys in the same boat, right? He had a lot of guys in Philly and DC that was in the same boat as uh, Kevin Kirkland, who was making a lot of money outside. And the NBA at that time could not even could really afford these guys. They were still building their brain. Right? Um, so, There would always been the street element looking back to it, right? Because think about this. No. Dudes from the block used to go to the black top and play basketball. Right? It was filled with, with, with street guys. You had it was a mix though. It was just those that just wanted to play basketball, potentially go to college and go to the NBA with aspirations to do that. You got dudes just taking a break from hustling. Or or they they numbers are still moving, they just over here playing basketball while they things still going on the way they need to go right? so basketball has probably always been like the sixth element of hip-hop when you really think about it you know, the damn hot coast, the two have always been around right just think about it the street dudes the hustlers they ain't make it to the football team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no one out there playing pickup basketball. So, and, I mean, you know the association with the streets in your pocket. So, um, when you think of it through that lens, that's why I mean the three degrees of separation. Because they, I mean, probably should sell one degree, no degrees. Because they go hand in hand, they always have and they always will. Um, you know, we've had a lot of street, street, through and through street dudes that don't make it to the NBA. And, right? Um, but think about the number of NBA players that made hip hop out right? So the first one you can think of that had any level of success, real success, was Shaq. Right? What's that, 93? Any room that was successful, Shaq. Then you had guys like Kobe Bryant and Hip Hop. It never came to life. Allen Iverson made Hip Hop album. It never came to life. Um, today you got, got Dane Little, uh, Steven Jackson, who was retired. Um, Zach Randolph. <laughs> You know, you know, the list is really endless on the number of NBA players that have tried their hands. Um, some of them never come up or came up. Some of them shit that came up. <laughs> like Cole definitely was nice on the court, but he needed me that microphone. Like, um, you know, Shaq for what it was. You know, Shaq. You know, Shaq was a pretty productive hip hop artist, though. He got, he got dope albums under his belt. Um, respect the lyricists. Um, one of the few guys that actually got a real life track with uh, Biggie Smalls. 
like in studio together. Only, he realized the track together. So you see the car, um, it hits it like He's one this. of the few people that can make the car move. So a big throw of nice of him to make a record. Right? Um, but another uh, he came out with the, with the under, under the film Snickers. Like, I guess he signed them in summer where he was doing a lot of records with them. Like, but that's when he really started rapping, which was wild and funny when I first seen um, But, you know, that's always been closely tied and closely related. Um, I think the problem comes in that. And you got and you got and you got hip hop dudes that's actually nice in basketball. Like Cam nice in basketball. Master P made a training camp. Um J. Cole nice. Um your boy um Quavo No, 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 pero ya vive Um Yeah. those people I can think of off the top of my head that actually are actually nice, like you know, but so like I said, it, it, it's it's always things that went together. But the problem, the true problem, comes in that when um, you know, hip hop is uh, you know, a lot of them be lying. I'm going to call it space space. A lot of them be lying about the activities that they engaged in previously and currently. Right? It's all about selling records. Um, the problem is that. I feel like NBA stars or NBA players want would come with the hip-hop reputation or the hip-hop fame, whatever the case may be. And for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense because hip-hop got to be one of the most dangerous, it got to be the most dangerous job right now to be a rapper. At the rate they get killed, one of the most dangerous jobs right now is being a rapper. So why would you want to do that? Why would you want to take all that? Like, these dudes really don't, a lot of these dudes don't even really have any money for me. Y'all got guaranteed money. Y'all got guaranteed paper. And you know, John Morant is on the, the top of the stratosphere when it comes to that. But you got other guys that, that also want to live this lifestyle for some reason. Like, like, the, the basketball fame is good enough, you know, the street fame that comes which I don't understand no, there's a lot of things like that. There's a tremendous amount of things that come with that. Um, so one thing about the NBA and that you got to understand is the organization is bigger than the player. And there were superstars before you, superstars while you playing, and there were superstars after you. And the number one thing for the NBA to do is to protect, protect their image. Protect their likeness. And, and in that collective bargaining agreement on the player code of conduct, your job is not to discredit or bring shame to the NBA in any way, shape, or form. So, I say all this to talk about this. So, when you're in a nightclub or strip club, whatever you had in there, and, um, you're holding the fire on I'm like, I kind of talked about this already. You're holding the fire on that dang that next to me. And the dangers that came with that for yourself and other patrons with you mishandling the fire on to that degree of the fire on like, Killed yourself and killed somebody. It's not a good look to the wow. Because you got, you got people in offices 
with this So you know what they immediately say, you know? But, you know, white politicians can take pictures. White politicians, I'm sorry, I just always watch the accidents happen. White politicians can take Christmas pictures in front of the tree with their whole family, whole life. There's nothing illegal about that. There's nothing reckless about that. They have the rifle and they got to point it down at the ground. They're not pointing the rifles at each other. <laughs> they have the rifles in their possession and they're pulling them at the ground. There's plenty of pictures for black families holding firearms. There's plenty of pictures of black families holding firearms. Taking pictures with firearms. It's not about taking a picture with the firearm. It's what you're doing with the firearm while you're taking the picture. If I got that joint, I don't have voices of control of this weapon. That is dangerous for me, and that means all parties involved. That's in close proximity to all of If someone is driving down the street, and I'm playing with a gun, and that gun goes off and hits the driver, what's going to happen? What happens if it don't hit the driver directly? What if it hits something in the car and starts ricocheting the right car? It's an unsafe practice. And once again, it may not, in some eyes, be illegal, but one was handling a firearm is very illegal. Brandishing a firearm, brandishing a firearm is when you pull a weapon out the playground and you want to drink something. That's all part of the same thing. But when you get to recklessly handling a weapon, because that's what that is, that's what this is, when you dancing with it, and you doing whatever you're doing with it, you're doing a guy doing tissero or butterfly, whatever you're doing, the rock with the gun in your hand, that's dangerous for you and all parties So what I say with the earlier line was that people got to read in the collective bargaining. When you bring this predator called the, the team in the NBA, NBA is utmost affordable. It's a million dollar industry. They don't care. That's why they can afford to pay you $200 million for four or five years. Look how much money they made that year when they paid you. That, that year they paid you 40 50 million. Look how much money they made that year. You're just part of the program. You're not the program. And it's like, I think we think we become bigger than the program. And like I said, the warning was had the first time. The warning was already there. The conversation was already there. And your homie tried to save you. Because when he paid the camera to you, he tried to flip it back for anyone captured. But guess what? You're an NBA superstar. So you know how somebody, how quick somebody, somebody's on that live. Even though it's your friend's live, somebody on his live hoping to see you. That's the way that goes. That's how that goes. Somebody was recording that live, especially when they seen your face. They automatically crushed the course when they got, no, the groupie, the groupie central. It's like it happens. You got to take the onus of responsibility to cover your own six. Like your man tried, so now guess what happens now? Oh, the league put pressure on who your friends can be. So now you got to unfollow or you your homie, one of your day ones probably, or all sorts of videos because you're not for something awesome. 
That was his fault because he's a pathologist resistant to many people. But he probably didn't see it. He's willing to be the father. But that fall guy could have been used for something a lot better than than, than that level of competition. But I still put a lot of blame on your father. I know people want to look like he grown up. I put a lot of blame on your father still because your father want to be just as famous as you are, and that's a lot to do with the problem. Your father wanted to be famous. Your father, yeah. Same difference. Yeah, I remember on um, Casino. Should have stayed in food and beverage. You wanted to be on camera. Should have stayed in food and beverage. But when 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 when, when you was in the food and beverage, the casino was running like a machine. The moment you want to jump on camera and be famous, you see how quick everything fell apart. Same concept, same principle, same ideology. Play your position accordingly. And, 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 and still be a, a father to your son because he still need a level of clearly he still need a level of um, mentorship and guidance. He still need a level of that. It's clear he need a level of that. It's not even subjective. <laughs> it is crystal clear. But um. I'm thinking the league gonna suspend the guy for probably 57 games. If I had to surmise, if I had to take a guess, I think that's the minimum. I think he's probably looking at a year. Yeah, I think he's probably looking at a year, a solid year, away from, and, and, and that's no money. And I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis traded him just because of the opportunity. They may have a clause in there where they can void this contract. Not to say he won't get another contract. It may not be for that again. They may got to prove himself that he's matured and took ownership and accountability for real for real instead of for a week or two. So now, you know, they start forming their own scenario. Oh, he never stopped doing that. He just didn't. We weren't recording themselves. So now they use all other kind of caveats to come after you. And then, you know, within the report, the report said the NBA has uncovered more disturbing, even more disturbing evidence during this investigation than just the gun activity. Do you know how much the NBA, you know they got F F FBI and CIA and all of them paying women? Do you know how much they pay guys to go, any women to go and investigate? You talking about a multi-billion dollar organization, and I ain't talking low billions. 10, 15, 20, somewhere in that. Somebody can pull that up and see what they want. Like, like how much money they get going through there. But we're not talking about no, 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 no cheap people. We're talking about people with unlimited resources. That when you come on the radar, they got nothing but time and money to put resources to finding out who you truly are. So now, something you worked at your whole life, and you've been blessed with God-given abilities, jump off the gym, and, and all these things, quick as a cat, is in jeopardy because you wanted a couple likes. Oh, would you want somebody to be in the comments like John Moran? Is it really? Is that what it is? Oh, for a like, G? 
Just somebody say, oh yeah, he the realest. He the realest dude doing it. Just for that? You gotta ask yourself, is that worth it in the grand scheme of things? And, 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 and this is a PSA to any current NBA players, future NBA players, that young boy that's picking up the basketball for the first time, that's going between his legs and going behind his back, and learning to flick the wrist. This is for you as well, man. Don't let, the, don't let these likes mess up your life, man. Your real life. Man, these folks don't know you or care about you online. Like, how many of them folks send John Morant some paper? <laughs> No, but no, when they see John Morant, they will ask for some paper. When they see John Morant, they will ask for an autograph. You got everything to offer. One thing that can offer you is a like. That's literally all they have to offer you is a like. Come on, man, you got to make this make sense. Your whole situation been disturbed And this is when having true homies in your corner coming at. But I can't, like I said, I ain't gonna blame them on the homies because I don't know what they telling them. I don't know if they telling them, yeah, yeah, do that, do that, yeah. But like I said, his man paying pan the camera, then he turned it back to himself when he noticed the gun. So he wasn't trying to do that. He wasn't promoting that. He was like, damn, dude, you just, your man can't go about it than you did. Your man had enough sense, like, yo, what you doing? <laughs> you know why your man, uh, a, a part of the reason why he gonna do that? Cause you about to mess up my lifestyle too. If, if you kicked out the league, we kicked out the league. <laughs> if you mess up this paper, this paper messed up for the both of us. Man, ain't costing me nothing to fly to LA or Houston or whatever place I need to fly to because you playing that night. You did? Man, you giving them B a level of access I wouldn't have had without you. Well, not right now anyway. Could have had it one day. I ain't gonna say that. But right, not right now today. And your man is trying to protect that from himself as well as you because you're the man. So like I said, the NBA have, has a covered some more evidence and some more things that will transpire that they didn't have knowledge of previously. Like I said, that's what happens when now you get the radar and attention on you because you're doing something dumb. There's all these players in the league. They just can't, they ain't got time to focus on one player. But when that player obviously wants some attention, <laughs> they, they got unlimited resources and time. I thought that's the proof. Right, this was the reason for the dress codes. This was part of that reason. Because they was trying to clean up the image of the NBA. Because they was too upset that that that, that Allah Iverson's personality shined through the way it did, and he had other people in the NBA 
Yeah, other people in the NBA. Um, imitating. Or no, saying, no, nah, not even imitating. I'm going to say, oh, I didn't know we can do that. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Here come the cornrows and the tats and the long ball shorts. And here come the big change to the press conferences. And, and the furs and the mix to the press conferences. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, like here come all the do-rags and all that at the press conference. Damn, I ain't gonna like I said, I, I gotta correct myself. I don't know if it was a class, a case of they was trying to imitate it. I think it was a case of they didn't feel comfortable with doing it. That's what they wanted to do. It became a case of, man, I ain't know we give a dress like that. And you know what he got associated with mainly with the hip hop coach. No, we with the hip hop coach in the NBA. Look how look 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 how short run that was. Because guess what's in the NBA now? Hip hop coach. I'll never forget, I heard him say had an ESPN um, special. This had to be about 97, 98, somewhere in there. He had a hip hop speed, he had an ESPN special where um, they were doing interviews and they were showing his highlights and they was playing Tupac's All Eyes on Me on ESPN. Stuart Scott had nothing but, um, Stuart Scott had nothing but um, hip hop portables. We're talking about highlights. Right? Um, Ala Iris and Jada Kiss had a, 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 a shoe commercial. Jay Z had the shoe commercial when he came out with the S.Dot Cardinals. His boy Kardashian, but we ain't rapping with it. But him and 50 Cent had a joint commercial with Reebok for their sneakers, for their signature shoes. Right? Um, like I said, Master P actually was in the NBA training camp. He played in the summer league game. These things have always been closely tied, attached, but the NBA has been trying to fight this hip-hop culture from invading the NBA. And it's like, no, y'all invaded basketball. That's the reality. Y'all invaded. Especially when y'all wanted to buy out the NBA because y'all wanted to preserve the NBA. What y'all effectively did was buy the hip-hop culture with the ABA. But y'all also profit so much off the NBA. I mean, off, off hip-hop. Y'all profit a whole bunch off of hip-hop. Now look at halftime shows. Or look at um, all-star halftimes. How many NBA players is represented performing and playing in games? Like, come on, man! I just want people to stop the nonsense. Like, don't, 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 don't dare try to attack hip hop because somebody in NBA did something stupid. Like, like he, one, he doesn't come from the streets. He's not a street guy. Not, not even by anything close to imagination. But he's influenced by hip hop. I got it. A lot of people influenced by hip hop. Little Mikey in the back room at his daddy house influenced by hip hop too. That white state senator's son is influenced by hip hop. <laughs> So it just act like it's a black thing. No, hip hop has invaded the world. It has influenced the world. Look how many regular food commercials and all that got a hip hop theme in the back, like like some hip hop lyrics, somebody rapping and all that. I wanted to show the first NBA um, hip hop related commercial. It was, it was a Converse commercial with Larry Bird and, 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 and uh, uh, 
It was somebody else I won. It was somebody else I won for, but it was Larry Bird and his, but they in there rapping about Converse. Rapping. Well, trying to rap. What the heck? What they gotta be like? 82? Something like that? 83, maybe? So you can't cherry pick. You can't cherry pick. You can't blame the hip hop culture for, so, for, for somebody in the acting dumb. Hip hop ain't got nothing to do with it. That's something he did independent on his own volition. That's what he wanted to do. So he got a ticket coming. Don't use hip hop as a scapegoat. So, don't, don't do that. That's wrong. That's dead wrong. Especially when, like I said, y'all don't profit it so much off of, off of hip hop. Hip hop has been integrated into damn near everything we can think of. What about that white teacher in his classroom rapping to his kids to bridge a gap? But he's rapping the lecture. Right? He's rapping some facts that's related to the topic, but he's rapping it to reach and, and close the gap with a certain demographic of kids, or to be the cool, or to be the cool teacher. Is hip hop a problem there? No, I use hip hop as a crutch and as an educational tool. And somebody gonna say, "Oh, that's a that, that, that's a very out of the box idea." That worked, right? He gonna get credit for doing that. He's not gonna be vilified for doing that. Cause you can't vilify an art, an art that has nothing to do with the activity that people choose to do. Now, like I said, can it be an influencer? They absolutely can. Negative and positive. I give you that. I'm, I'm not going down. You know, anything that that is repeated in your head over and over that become that can become a programming mechanism can be a bad thing. But God knows, so can religion. So has religion. So once again, don't cherry pick. Are we going to get rid of anything that has a programming mechanism to it? No, we're not. We want to cherry pick. And that's not how I go. That's not close to how I go. But, you know, I hope the kid, you know, um, I hope he come out of this on the other side. I do. Um, he's still young. I hope, I hope it's viable life. Not only for him, but like I said, those players that's in the league, those players that's coming after them, and those players that don't even know they want to play in the NBA or know they want to play in the NBA. Right? Everybody needs a um, a sacrificial when it comes to a when it comes to a lesson. Unfortunately, somebody got to be a sacrificial lamb as always when it comes to a lesson. You know, lesson being taught, and someone paying a penalty for that lesson, it's just the way it work. But let this be the last lesson, especially when it comes to firearms. You see what happened to Credit and Gilbert Arenas when they decided to play what gun you want to pick in the locker room. Or you had people pull out guns on the, on the, on the team planes and all this other weird stuff that don't happen. Like, there's been enough warnings, there's been enough um, cautionary tales, so to say. Um, but I'm sorry, y'all. Like, like, there's an imagery that comes with, with being an NBA player, which you're going to be associated with. Even though the, the person judging you, you probably have more money. You have tattoos. Average one in your brain have tattoos when you're black. 
and that scares the crap out of some people when you got a gun in your hand. It always has and it always will. Go back to when gun reform started being a real question in this country. It was because when black men started picking up fire. So now you're going to spend the rest of your kid, um, career apologizing and answering why, why you had a fetish plan with guns. Not about your skill set, not about how many championships you do, don't have, or do have, or how many MVPs you do have, or don't have, or how many orange style games you made it to, or didn't make it to. It's going, the question is always going to come back around to you. What was your infatuation with fire? And why was you handling it in that manner? It is what it is. Wise up out there, make better decisions. Um, this podcast could be found on Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon. Um, I'm missing some other places outside of YouTube, Facebook. Um, you know, all realms of clips can be found on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. But to, to hear the episodes in its entirety, you can also go to Spotify, you can also go to Amazon, you can also go to iHeartRadio, um, uh, Google. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, under the same name, Real Rap King, on all platforms. Politics on the corner. Y'all know what we're doing over here. Um, sorry about last week. I had to make sure I, I gave y'all something to feed y'all this week. Um, we'll be back next week with something. I think I have something to talk about. It's a lot that happens. My problem is trying to narrow that exactly what it is that we're going to talk about. Um, but always, thanks for support. Thanks for love. Um, Thanks for always showing support. If you're here for the first time, like, share, subscribe, comment, um, subscribe, and follow on all platforms. Um, if you if you want a t-shirt, send me an inbox, DM me, send me an email message, realrapking at gmail.com. Um, give me a size, and I'll get it to you. Until next time, see y'all in a minute.